Welcome, book lovers, to New Book Tuesday, CPL Radio's passport to the latest literary releases. Today, we'll unwrap mysteries, embrace heartwarming tales, and more. Let's explore the world of books together. Special thanks to the friends of the library for their unwavering support of this and all the material you hear on CPL Radio. Now, let's dive into the Monarch catalog, place some holes, and discover your next favorite read. Welcome back to New Book Tuesday on January 23rd. Happy New Year to all. You are listening to three librarians who are very excited to talk about new books that have hit our shelves recently. I'm Casey St. Clair, Head of Youth Services. I'm Heidi Griffin, Youth Services Associate. I'm Jeff Messerman, the one with a deeper voice. Uh, and also <laughs> upstairs as Adult Services Librarian. And there we are. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next. No, I'm kidding. We should do some books. We're going to talk books, and I'm excited to talk about mine, if you guys don't mind. Go for it. All right. I'm diving in. Um, Agatha Christie. She, a uh, very popular murder mystery writer who is no longer with us, a uh, mysterious woman in her own right. She disappeared for like a couple weeks at one point, and it was weird, and that's people kind of obsess over the fact that where was she? Yeah. It was even a movie based. I called Didn't Agatha. They put it in like the newspaper. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it was a big headline. It was I didn't huge. Know this. Yeah, it's yeah. a really interesting story. She just disappeared and she never wanted to talk about it. And then she reappeared. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very interesting. If you had to disappear for a week, where would you go? Where would I go? I would be at home. <laughs> Watching movies. I'm watching movies with my cats. <laughs> I don't know how to disappear. <laughs> I need a book. Someone send me some sort of anything. So the book I'm doing is so with uh, with Agatha no longer with us. Someone uh, has decided to run with a few of her characters. Uh, it happens a lot in fiction where dying does not mean your career is over. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. A woman named Sophie Hannah. This is her fifth. Hercule Poirot, uh, Casey corrected me yesterday because I said, hey, I got a Hercule Poirot book. And you know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, with you, you can well, read that with your croissant witch. Uh, <laughs> so mangling the French language, I have a little, you know, a little more to go on that. But this is called Hercule Poirot's Silent Night. It is a Christmas-based book. We were supposed to have this a little while ago, and it came a little late, um, obviously after the holiday. And Sophie Hanna is... Very good, very uh, succinct writer. She doesn't uh, flower things up too much. She gets right down to business. Uh, this book is set in 1931, and the story is told. The narrator is Inspector Catchpool. I haven't read a lot of Christie, actually, so I don't know if Inspector Catchpool is a regular. Um, I've read only the most basic ones, like Death on the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express, I think I read the ABC murders, and then there were none. So those four, which are kind of like the tent pole, <laughs> Agatha Christie. But she has probably 30 or 40 uh, Poirot uh, books to her name. And then she had a Miss Marple character, that I think mm. probably 20 or 30 of those, as well as other little mystery pieces here and there. Um so to this one, it is uh, the Christmas season. Inspector Catchpool and Poirot start the book arguing over 
duck and chicken as to what's a better meal for Christmas. <laughs> Food is a central uh, uh, focus of uh, uh, Hercule, um, which if you've seen the Kenneth Branagh I love adaptations, yes. they're fun. They're good. I mean, I don't mind them. They're, there's better filmed versions out there. You can go back to uh, a guy named Albert Finney played him, as well as a guy named Peter Ustinov, and then there was a PBS series that people was very popular. So mm-hmm. this particular story, they are kind of in the first chapter almost kidnapped <laughs> they're not kidnapped but uh, the uh inspector catchpool's mother is worried about a friend of hers going into a hospital where someone has died mysteriously previously and it is in fact a murder <laughs> and they're trying to figure out how this murder could have happened under the noses of the entire medical staff this guy was uh you know under watch at all times um and it's a pretty good mystery. It's actually a very good mystery. My complaint about the book, this is the first book I've brought where I actually have like a criticism, so this feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, the other ones, all the other ones, I was like a total fanboy. I'm like, you got to read it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here I'm actually like critically looking at something, so this is exciting. Um, the Agatha Christie books I read, they had a little more breathing room. You know, you just, they were written in such a way that it wasn't, so like every word is economical. It's like we're just telling the story, move forward, get through the story. It's almost as if Agatha Christie was mashed up with James Patterson in some way or John Grisham. Mm. It's like, so I didn't really love the writing style of this book in that it was just too pat. It was just journalistic almost. And Christie had, she was a wonderful writer. I mean, you you got sights and smells and sounds and trees and flowers and chirping birds. And this is just like... Get to the case, stick with the case, wrap it up. And there's humor. I mean, mm-hmm. it's funny. There's and there's good character work, but I just was like, okay. I mean, yeah. So, would I recommend it? I guess I would because the case was interesting and the dialogue was really, you know, that part was well written. I just wanted a little more breathing room. I wanted to spend. I wanted to kind of marinate in these situations and characters, and I didn't. Was I just, there a little bit too much telling in, instead of showing? It, it's more along the lines of, it was actually very cinematic in that way. Yes, I would yeah. say that's a version of that where it's like, you know, um, it's almost a screenplay. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it almost feels like, you know, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this, you know, mm-hmm. and it's um, and it's told, it is told first person from this uh, Catchpool's point of view. So Hercule Poirot is not the narrator this uh, inspector is. So, um, but he could have been a little more charming. <laughs> he was just <laughs> kind of like, you know, it felt almost like a deposition. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that. I and wanted, you, you yeah. watch and read him for the charm. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. The charm was missing. You mm-hmm. know, and it's a Christmas one, too. I thought, and as a Jewish guy reading a Christmas book, come on, you know, this is my this is my big shot. <laughs> so there you nice. go. Anyway. Well, hey, they can't all be winners. No. Um, you know, worthwhile. I would say if you're a fan of this sort of thing, absolutely just know that it mostly will make you hunger for one of Agatha Christie's books. You're going to be in the middle of it going, I really wish I was reading Death on the Nile. <laughs> you know? So there you go. So that's my entry uh, for this week. Good time for a break. Uh, well, we should mention that uh, one of our cohorts, Sarah Kelly, is not here. Uh, apparently, she's hang gliding in Alaska. Now that seems like a really bad idea to me, but Burr. we'll ask her. <laughs> We're Burr. gonna ask her about it. You know, last uh, the weather this week uh, inspired her. She's like, I'm gonna take it mm. to the next level. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. go hang glide to last. It's not so, cold yeah. enough. No, we're gonna we're gonna really slam dunk. So there we go. <laughs> She's a fascinating individual. Anyway, we'll be back with more books right after this. On new.
Back on New Book Tuesday for this week, we are librarians who bust open boxes and smell the new books, too. I love that new book smell. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) How does your book smell, Heidi? Come on. (laughs) It smells like murder. Uh 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 Uh-oh. What did you bring to us this week? (laughs) So um, I chose a YA um, murder thriller called The Legacies by Jessica Goodman. Um, This came out July of last year, and the cover has a golden key with some blood spatter, and it says, Money Talks, Secrets Kill. Yeah. So (laughs) this is set in New York City, and um, this is about the Legacy Club, and it's an exclusive invitation-only club for elite high school prep students. So that sets the tone there. Um, So the club gives them an in to power and wealth and secures them a successful life. So basically you get into this club, you have, should have no more worries. So it's a whole week kind of a competition type thing because at the end of the week, one person is nominated and chosen to win $25,000. Which really doesn't mean much to these kids. I was going to say, Manhattan money, that's (laughs) pocket change. (laughs) Off to McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So um, it starts out the night of the Legacy Ball, and um, someone is murdered. So the story bounces back and forth between the events leading up to the ball and then the investigation after the murder. And with the bouncing back and forth, it bounces back between narrators. So we have three narrators. We have Bernie, who is a mommy's girl, and she is dating the family's um, family friend's son, who they have basically planned their wedding since birth. And um, also, clearly, it's um, already known that she's one of the privileged students in the school. Her mom is also the chair of the Legacy Ball. So she is like anticipating to be the winner. We have Isabel, who is an aspiring artist, and she is a huge party girl. Huge party girl. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yes. Um, and then finally, we have Tori, who is the scholarship student, and she is like a nobody in the school. Um, so the other students begin questioning why she was nominated. Um, so, yeah, Tori's an interesting person. So, as the story goes, we um, find out that Bernie's mom is missing. And with being the chair of the club, she's very worried because she needs her mom with her. Um, so, she is searching all over to try and find her. Um, Isabel, we find out, is hiding a huge secret about Skylar, who that is Bernie's boyfriend. Um, and he is buying her silence. With oh, something. Okay. All right. Yes. Um, so she is struggling with secrets as well as maybe addiction. Okay. And then Tori uncovers a secret that affects her and her Legacy Club nomination. So that is very interesting as well. This would be a fertile playground for my guy, Hercule Poirot. Right. He used to show up in the scene and say, sure. what is going on here? I, all of you are lined up against the wall. I have to <laughs> ask you all questions. <laughs> and then we also find out that Tori is the one that actually does need the $25,000 because something has happened in her family and she needs the mm. money to fix it. So who died? 
who did it? <laughs> I mean, this book is filled with secrets. It's filled with betrayal. Fun. Blood. <laughs> sure. Blood money. Scandal. <laughs> and murder. Just kind your of, yeah. typical high school themes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, kind I of mean, knives out with teenagers or something. Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Sort of, sure. Something know? like that. If you're a fan of Gossip Girl, yeah. um, this would be a great book for anyone who um, followed the old season or the new what right. about Pretty Little Liars? Pretty Little, little Liars, bit. yes. Yeah, yeah, I think if you mesh those two together, this would probably be the story. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you like it? Uh, how'd you feel about it? So, um, being a avid thriller and mm-hmm. horror reader. We knew this about you. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the quiet ones. Um, I thought it was good for its audience. Yeah. Um, for myself, I wanted a little bit more. Yeah, so. um, when I say upper YA, it is definitely upper YA. Okay. Um, there is a lot of um, tough topics discussed, sure. clearly with addiction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, I kept reading. Yeah, yeah. Pages kept turning. Well, it's sort of a kind of a pot boiler, uh, you know, and obviously sorted enough that how could you not? <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, I had to know who did it. <laughs> right. and, and I can say it wasn't easy, like, to figure out right off the bat. Yeah. So it does keep you wanting more. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, we have one here at our particular we library. We do. Excellent. Yeah. Relatively new, obviously, over in the uh, new YA still area. Still in the new there YA area. There we go. Area. All right. Yeah, downstairs. So check it out. The Legacies. It sounds like fun. It sounds uh, actually, yeah, I don't know. I like that. I know that, and even with uh, Hercule, Hercule Poirot's, uh, Poirot's Silent Night, I know that given half a chance, I could actually just read books like this for the rest of my life and nothing else. I would, I mean, I could disappear right over that waterfall and like never come back. Yep. So, I mean, and they wouldn't even have to be that good. I'd just be like, I like it. Keep giving me more. <laughs> Slightly entertaining is yeah, all I need. Yeah, exactly. So, there we are. That's my tragedy. Um, <laughs> so, we are going to take another break. When we come back, uh, Casey St. Clair is going to um, get into a little... Uh, Art thievery, I think. Yes. Uh oh, big trouble. You don't want to miss this? Come on back. Welcome back to Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap <laughs> here on CPL Radio. No, it's New Book Tuesday. We were just marveling over the break that uh, we all brought books with dastardly people doing dastardly things. But we're all nice. Here's a nice person. Casey, take it away. I read The Mona Lisa Vanishes, A Legendary Painter, A Shocking Heist, and The Birth of a Global Celebrity by Nicholas Day, with art by Brett Helquist, which takes this book up a notch because it has really cool illustrations in it. It is a nonfiction book for children, I would say ages fourth grade and up. 
they would appreciate this book. It takes place in 1911. And I'm embarrassed to say I did not know the Mona Lisa was stolen. You learn something (laughs) new with books. I don't know how I missed that lesson in art history or whatnot. Heidi, Heidi and I are like, can you believe this person? <laughs> and my mom and grandma are artists. And I know. Oh, like, boy. Yes. And my well. mom's best friend is an art docent. Anywho, um, it is about the theft. I, I didn't ahead. know either, by the way. You didn't know either? Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> anyway, anywho, um, in 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen and... The French, the, the book focuses on both the French police and their investigation of the crime, given, um, you know, fingerprinting was really, really new and not mm-hmm. utilized all over the place at this time. Um, there was a lot of corruption within policing and not very well organized. So they're trying to figure out this art heist with those limitations. And then it alternates to the storyline of how the Mona Lisa came to be, Mm. which was what I found to be most interesting and how eccentric and bizarre Leonardo da Vinci was and how ordinary um, his subject was. Um, And that took place in Florence. So we bounced back between France and Florence. So Lisa herself was kind of just sort of a... Yep. Boring. Middle class. Yeah. She was headed towards probably being a spinster in a convent and then managed to salvage and get a, a pretty decent marriage. I was on that. Tra- I was on that trajectory, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but um, it's interesting that she's held up now as like this miracle of beauty and like oh, mm-hmm. everyone should be like the Mona Lisa. And yes. in fact, she was a housewife. <laughs> Yes, quite quite boring. So I really loved that aspect of the book. Um, Again, there are really cool illustrations by the same artist who did the series of unfortunate events. Mm -hmm. I think kids would love the drawings. I don't think the kids would really like how big the cast of characters Mm -hmm. is. They all have French names that are very long and they're kind of forgetful and the author keeps introducing more and more characters. Mm -hmm. I think he could have used some editing um, on that part. Um, But I think adults would really love this book. And I I always say this, that adults should read children's nonfiction because you get the same facts, historical information while having sort of an abridged version. And you're having fun, probably. And fun. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you are really in the the closet of the Louvre with the thief. And it's written in a cool point of view. It's funny you mentioned that. I read a biography in your department (laughs) a couple years ago. It's still there, I'm sure. On E.B. White. It was an E.B. White biography. Beautifully put together, uh, just chock full of photographs. And um, I learned more from that goofy little biography than I'm sure I would have if I had some adult, you know, nonfiction E.B. White book. 500 page Right, book. exactly. Yeah. That would have been. This was, it was probably about 150, 200 pages. Mm-hmm. And um, so entertaining, very moving. I remember reading that one at the, our own local roastery here in Cedarburg Aww. and like um, having to get some extra <clears throat> napkins because uh, I was having oh. some sinus issues <clears throat> while yes. reading it. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, yes. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I mean, I, that is a great way to go if you want to say, I'm going to get smarter in an easy way. Yes. <laughs> You will have the same facts to share at cocktail parties. Um, Also, the really popular nonfiction books like Killers of the Flower Moon, um, Boys in the Boat have a young reader's version, which can be for YA or younger. And you get the same. You can talk about it with your friends and um, 
It's a much more digestible it's a life way to hack. learn. It's a total it's life, a life hack. hack. It's yes. life hack we're giving you here. <laughs> and then if there's a topic you want to learn more about, for instance, they talk about Da Vinci and also like the Dreyfus Affair. You could dive in with a thicker book up in the adult section. Sure. Well, that, you, carry that, you carry that under your arm so people see you with it, but then maybe inside it you have the YA version. Absolutely. Which is what you yes. want to read. So, because yes. you want to be seen with the right one. Mm-hmm. You know? so well, good. the cover isn't too kiddish and embarrassing, <laughs> I would say. Well, um, you'll see that YA sticker, think... though, and someone's going to razz you. You're reading a teenager book. Adults who love Robert Harris's Officer and a Spy would really like this book. Also, I would recommend maybe instead of this book, diving into Candace Fleming, who writes young adult historical fiction. Yeah. She has a really good book about the Romanovs. Um, also, Steve Schenken wrote The Bomb, um, which yeah. is about the creation of the atomic bomb. Yes. Again, for kids, but yeah. you can digest it and then watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, maybe kids shouldn't see the um, <clears throat> Florence Pugh uh, section of that movie, but anyway. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> 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 That'll lead to a whole other conversation. But kids, that's close fine. your eyes. Yes, absolutely. So cool. Um, available here in this particular library. Yep. All right. Place a hold if you like. I will put, as I try to all the time, links to the Monarch catalog for all of these titles. You can either place a hold or just request it if there's nobody in line. Or you can even come down and say hello to us. We like that. So helps us with our daily door counts. <laughs> So, perfect. Cool. Well, that was a fun episode. We should uh, let you know. So, for full disclosure and transparency, we did this episode kind of once before. <laughs> Technical <laughs> failures. Major can meltdown, uh, speaking of Oppenheimer. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, it's nice to be back. Our first episode here of 2024. And um, once Sarah Kelly lands in Anchorage, uh, she'll probably take a bus back here to Wisconsin. Maybe a dog sled? A dog sled. Awesome. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Uh, So hopefully she'll be back next week, as we all will. And as always, feel free to put some comments below, and we'd love to interact with our listeners and uh, share this show with friends. Heck, share it with enemies. We don't care. It's fine. It's all good. And we will see you again next week. Take care, everybody.